Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the April 14th episode of the podcast, Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at number 758 to 769 of the Catechism. 2. The Church's Origin, Foundation and Mission. 758. We begin our investigation of the Church's mission by meditating on her origin in the Most Holy Trinity's plan and her progressive realisation in history. A man born in the Father's heart, 759. The Eternal Father, in accordance with the utterly gratuitous and mysterious design of his wisdom and goodness, created the whole universe and chose to raise up men to share in his own divine life, to which he calls all men in his Son. The Father determined to call together in a holy church those who should believe in Christ. The family of God is gradually formed and takes shape during the stages of human history, in keeping with the Father's plan. In fact, already present in figure at the beginning of the world, this church was prepared in marvellous fashion in the history of the people of Israel and the Old Alliance, established in this last age of the world and made manifest in the outpouring of the Spirit. It will be brought to glorious completion at the end of time. The Church, foreshadowing, foreshadowed from the world's beginning. 760. The Christians of the first century said the world was created for the sake of the Church. God created the world for the sake of communion with his divine life, a communion brought about by the convocation of men in Christ, and this convocation is the Church. The church is the goal of all things. God permitted such painful upheavals as the angels fall and man's sin only as occasions and means for displaying all the power of his arm and the whole measure of the love he wanted to give to the world. Just as God's will is creation and is called the world, so his intention is the salvation of all men and is called the church. The Church prepared for in the Old Covenant. 761. The gathering together of the people of God began at the moment when sin destroyed the communion of men with God and that of men among themselves. The gathering together of the Church is, as it were, God's reaction to the chaos provoked by sin. This reunification is achieved secretly in the heart of all peoples, In every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to God. 762. The remote preparation for this gathering together of the people of God begins when he calls Abraham and promises that he will become the father of a great people. Its immediate preparation begins with Israel's election as the people of God. By this election, Israel is to be the sign of the future gathering of the nations. But the prophets accuse Israel of breaking the covenant and behaving like a prostitute. They announce a new and eternal covenant. Christ instituted this new covenant. The Church instituted by Christ. 763. It was the Son's task to accomplish the Father's plan of salvation in the fullness of time. Its accomplishment was the reason for his being sent, 
the Lord Jesus inaugurated his church by preaching the good news, that is, the coming of the reign of God, promised over the ages in the scriptures. To fulfil the Father's will, Christ ushered in the kingdom of heaven on earth. The church is the reign of Christ already present in mystery. 764. The kingdom shines out before men in the world, in the works and in the presence of Christ. To welcome Jesus' word is to welcome the kingdom itself. The seed and beginning of the kingdom are like the little flock of those whom Jesus came to gather around him, the flock whose shepherd he is. They form Jesus' true family. To those whom he thus gathered around him, he taught a new way of acting and a prayer of their own. 765. The Lord Jesus endowed his community with a structure that will remain until the kingdom is fully achieved. Before all else, there is the choice of the twelve, with Peter as their head, representing the twelve tribes of Israel. They are the foundation stones of the new Jerusalem. The twelve and the other disciples share in Christ's mission and his power, but also in his lot. By his actions, Christ prepares and builds his church. 766. The church is born primarily of Christ's total self-giving for our salvation, anticipated in the institution of the Eucharist and fulfilled on the cross. The origin and growth of the church are symbolised by the blood and water which flowed from the open side of the crucified Jesus. For it was from the side of Christ, as he slept the sleep of death upon the cross, that there came forth the wondrous sacrament of the whole church. As Eve was formed from the sleeping Adam's side, so the church was born from the pierced heart of Christ hanging dead on the cross. The Church Revealed by the Holy Spirit When the work which the Father gave the Son to do on earth was accomplished, the Holy Spirit was sent on the day of Pentecost, in order that he might continually sanctify the Church. Then the Church was openly displayed to the crowds, and the spread of the gospel among all nations through preaching was begun. As the convocation of all men for salvation, the Church in her very nature is missionary, sent by Christ to all the nations to make disciples of them. 768. So she can fulfil her mission. The Holy Spirit bestows upon the Church varied hierarchic and charismatic gifts, and in this way directs her. Henceforth the Church, endowed with the gifts of her founder, faithfully observing the precepts of charity, humility and self-denial, receives the mission of proclaiming and establishing among the peoples the kingdom of God, of Christ and of God. And she is on earth the seed and the beginning of that kingdom. The Church Perfected in Glory 769. The Church will receive its perfection only in the glory of heaven, at the time of Christ's glorious return. Until that day the Church progresses on her pilgrimage amidst this world's persecutions and God's consolations. Here below she knows that she is in exile, far from the Lord, and longs for the full coming of the kingdom, when she will be united in glory with her King. The, the church 
and through her the world will not be perfected in glory without great trials. Only then will all the just, from the time of Adam, from Abel, the just one, to the last of the elect, be gathered together in the universal church, in the Father's presence. Very well, so this uh, section on the church, and again, the church is something very important. In God's plan for the world, and it always comes back to the same theme of communion. If God's plan for humanity is communion, if God himself is communion, if the Trinity is a perfect communion, and God's plan for humanity and the world is to be like himself, to have something of the same communion, to have something of the same unity, this unity is the church. This unity, this coming together of people, is the church. So the church is vital for creation. It's not just a nice thing, it's not just a nice option, but it is the living out of God's promise that God made the world for the church. He made the church for humanity and humanity for the church. It is this, um, again, the church isn't a building. It isn't um, something structural. It's not a, you know, it's not a corporation. I mean, again, there will be legal structures, there will be bank accounts, there will be buildings and all the rest of it, and that's fine. But fundamentally, the church is this communion, is this coming together on this life, that Jesus Christ instituted the church, we're told, that he made the church, he founded the church, and that this blood and water coming from the side of the crucified Christ is the start of the church, the start of the, that the church was born from the side of Christ, say the fathers of the church. The church comes from the side of Christ as he's dead on the cross, he gives birth to the church with the blood and the water that are the signs of uh, the sacraments, baptism and the Eucharist. That we have this, um, this, this beautiful reality that is the church. And the church then will be perfected in glory. Ultimately the church is going towards heaven. That here in this world we're in the church militant. But afterwards there's the heavenly church. The church triumphant in heaven. Where all of us are called to go. Each one of us is called to be a member there. That the Lord wants to bring each one of us there. So we celebrate this and we ask God to help us to be better members of his church, to be more faithful members of his church, to be better icons of his love in this generation. So tomorrow we'll continue and tomorrow we'll be looking at 770 to 776 of the Catechism. God bless. <laughs>